So here we are with the inaugural Kinky Peas podcast, hosted by three lovely ladies. We have Little V. Say hello, Little V. Hello, Little we V. Have oh, wait. That That's me. You. Hi. We have Pearl. Hi. And we have Angel. Hello. And I'm Owen. He's Angel's dad. And I'm Angel's dad. That too. Did you hear the way he said that? Oh my god. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, We Daddy? are talking about basic terms, so that as we go along through our series of podcasts, people will know what in the world we're saying. Yeah, because we use these words and we just blurt them out and we... It, they're so normal to us that it's not that big of a deal. But we have to pay attention to the fact that there might be somebody who might, you know, somehow stumble upon the kinky peas and go, what's this all about? And what are they saying? What are these words? What? What? I know one of the first questions that I always get asked around is like, what is a submissive? And what is a dominant? And how do I tell which one I am? Right? Does anybody else get asked that a lot? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, no, yeah, people always are like, what, is, what does that mean? What does that, but I think it's more important, like, what does it mean to you, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like, that's, like, my biggest thing is that, to me, that there aren't any, like, set in stone rules about what things mean. I mean, there's some general accepted terms, but as far as I'm concerned in the kinky world, um... There's only a few that actually have, you know, pretty hardcore definitions. So it's more about what it means to you. And we'll, obviously we're going to get into that because we're, we're three different people and we have three different feelings about things. Okay. So what are we, start, what are we tackling first? Well, that, why don't we start at the, at the top and talk about you know, what is BDSM? What, what does BDSM stand for? I mean... What do those 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 letters stand for? I mean, that's kind of your your most basic thing, right? Because we right. talk about kinky, we talk about being kinky, and that's just kind of under the umbrella of BDSM. So B BDSM is bondage and discipline. Um, okay, and the S and M I think is up for grabs because it's uh, sadism and masochism, but is a lot of people put the DS in there for dominance and submission and the MS for master and slave and they, they put different terms in there but it's, right. it's bondage and dis- discipline and sadism and masochism it is generally what it is that's where it started and they tried to widen the umbrella right right so mm-hmm. you know okay so let's g- go into so w- what is what is a sadist what is a masochist I think those are probably the most basic things you know and so, and as far as I'm concerned, those are two of the terms that actually have meaning, that have a have a a, a set definition. And, and That's for true. me, a sadist is a person who enjoys giving the sensation of pain, the stimulus of pain, to someone. Um, and a masochist is a person who enjoys receiving the sensation of pain. It's a pretty basic, you know, right. Yeah, pretty basic definition and of pretty what those are. Standard of what those are considered. So, do you guys? What do you consider yourself, Angel? Do you consider yourself a masochist or a sadist or both? 
both actually. Um, I really, really, really like pain as evidenced by I just got my first tattoo and I'm going, oh my God, that was so much fun. I want to do that again. But um, I really do like causing certain types of sensations. Um, I like to bite and I like to scratch and I like to spank. Let's be real here. It's a lot of fun, especially when you're like passing along somebody who you know very well, like somebody you're in a relationship with and they're not paying attention and you pop them really hard in the butt and rab it away to see if they can catch you. That's a whole lot of fun. So I'm going to go with both. Okay, Parley, what about you? I'm trying to wrap my head around Angel's definition because I consider myself a masochist, but I, I'm so playful and I don't, you know, I don't mind biting somebody or scratching them, but I don't consider myself a sadist. Yeah, and I would, I, and I would also say that there was for me there was like a levels. Like I would call myself a masochist because I enjoy um, a lot of sensation play. Like I enjoy, um, uh, like I enjoy spankings and and I enjoy like wax play, um, ice Ooh. play. I enjoy um, uh, like a riding crop and a flogger. I'm not really into like being caned I don't like electrical play um so I don't I guess I'm not a hardcore masochist but you know I I enjoy the sensations and so like I like tomorrow I'm gonna go get my eyebrows threaded and I love it because they just rip them out and it's just fun and I enjoy that like you talked about your tattoo so it's not just in kinky play that you can get your masochistic or I don't know about sadistic fix. Can you get your sadistic fix any other way? I mean, I mean, I, I guess emotionally or mentally, I mean, you could, yeah. like, if you're like a, um, I don't know, like a lawyer or something, you could be an <laughs> asshole. I don't know. I'm trying to think. How do you, how do you get your sadistic fix? Oh, um, oh no, if you're a dentist. Because <laughs> yes. I'm a dentist and a success. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, I can totally see that. But right. I mostly on a daily basis, I'm going with probably not. Well, and that brings up another thing. It's not only physical. Some people are a- emotional masochist or sadist and, and not just physical. So like giving the sensation of pain doesn't have to be physical. It could be humiliation. Like some people are into humiliation play. Um, uh, you know, just I think that's a good thing to bring up. It's not only physical that we're talking about here. It, it can be, you know, mental completely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's a good time to talk about RAC and SSC then. I mean, it just kind of leads right into it, don't you think? I think so. Maybe also top and bottom because... Mm -hmm. Which, again, are the only other two things that I consider to have actual meanings. Right. Okay, so a a top is the person in a scene. Okay, a scene is is a... is a... is... is, what do we call it? A scene is playtime. Yeah, it's a set amount of time where two or more people are engaging in a type of play. It can be a sensation play where it's about the touches and feelings that you get. It can be a sexual play. It can be a mental play. Um, They can be more aggressive or less aggressive. It kind of depends on what you find and you enjoy. And you're going to hear those terms a lot from us because there's not a 
real delineation of the way things are supposed to be subscribed to. Well, and we also need to point out that scenes are not always time-limited. A scene can happen throughout the entire day if you're playing with someone and you're teasing each other through text. Mm -hmm. That can be the lead-up to a scene, and it can be part of. So it's not specifically time-limited to, okay, we're, you know, 7 o'clock, we have our date, and then, you know, at 8.30, we're done, we have dinner, and we go to bed. It, it can be something that leads through and is kind of a thread through the entire day. Or week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like like one person could get up in the morning and they could be like, they could give instructions to their partner and be like something like, you know, I want you to, I want you to edge, you know, I, I have these tasks that I want you to do, but then also throughout the day, I want you to edge a few times. And edging means um, generally that's masturbating not to completion to the point where you are just on the edge of having an orgasm, but then you stop and you pull yourself back. That's edging. And so they might have them edge many times throughout the... <laughs> Angel's all shivery. <laughs> Angel's like, do it again. Mufasa. Mm, Mufasa. <laughs> yes. So they could be, that could be, that could be the scene all day long and they're not actually even together. And so mm-hmm. when, and when we're talking about play, we're talking about, Things that we engage in, not necessarily sexual, but that we, that's part of our play time. I'm trying to think of another word besides play, but that's what we mean. So I guess, you know, in vanilla land, a scene might be, hey, you want to go have a nooner? Okay. And they go into the bedroom and and they have sex and that's a scene, right? That's their playtime, I guess. Um, So that's what we're talking about. So in a scene... You have a top and you have a bottom generally, not not just limited to one, but if we're talking about two people, it can be two, three, four, twelve, whatever. But a top is the person who is giving or eliciting the sensation of whatever is happening, and the bottom is the person receiving the sensation. And as far as I'm concerned, top, bottom, masochist, and sadist are the only things that have definitions. Everything else is pretty much personal. How you define it. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You might define the side of the slash that it's on or the side of the power balance that it's on. But sometimes you get on awful slippery slopes when you start trying to delineate very carefully. Well, yeah, because there are people who try to act like a dominant can't bottom in a scene and still be the dominant. But they absolutely can bottom in a scene, mm-hmm. you know, and and still be the dominant because they're direct. This is what you're going to do to me, and I, you're going to do this to me, you know. And they're they're directing the scene. They're still very much in charge of what's going on. They just happen to be bottoming in the scene and because they maybe they like it. Like we have a friend who she enjoys um, needle play. She enjoys giving it and receiving it, you know, and, and she enjoys being spanked and, and and different things, cupping, she likes cupping too. Um, so there's a lot of different things that she enjoys receiving in cessation, but she's she's the dominant. So it, it, it I, I've heard people say, well, no, a, a, a true dom, you know, would never bottom in a scene. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that if you like to have your nipples squeezed and, and pinched when, you know, you're doing X, Y, and Z to me, that that suddenly makes you not dominant? Hmm? No, that's crazy pants. 
Okay, so RAC and SSC. So SSC. Um, safe, sane, consensual. Safe, sane, and consensual, yeah. And RAC. Risk RAC. aware. Consensual oh, kink. Consensual kink, there you go. Yeah, so risk aware consensual kink. Now, SSC used to be kind of the standard gold rule, what everybody would say, but then people realize that some of the things that we do aren't necessarily safe. <laughs> um, and so that's where what? risk aware. Huh? That's what? where risk, risk aware consensual kink came in. So it's like I, I'm aware of the risk that I am taking. So rack seems to be a little bit more of the accepted term anymore mm -hmm. um depending on what circles you move in true well we also have prick which we didn't even put in our list which is i don't know if i'd heard that one you know oh prick is personal responsibility informed consensual kink so it 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 basically it emphasizes the personal responsibility of the people who are involved to whatever risky thing that they're they're doing so prick is another one so i always forget that one mm -hmm. yeah so per it's okay so ssc is safe sane and consensual rack is risk aware consensual kink and prick is personal responsibility informed consensual kink as let's just get even more confusing with, with the words that we're going to use but so those are the the, the basics okay um, I thought we might want to cover, um, and I, I, I included in at the bottom, hard limit and safe word. Yeah. Because you don't need to be any type of title to want to know what those two things are and why they might be important. Um, we use the words limits like as in a speed limit. So in the context of a scene, in, in my head I was playing back scene like a scene in a play. It lasts however long the two or four or six people, whatever it is, want it to last. So within the context of this scene, uh, this is the things that you will not do. You don't really need a reason. You might want to talk about the reason why you're not going to do that with whoever it is that you're playing with. But most people are going to come up to you or when they start talking to you, they're going to want to know what your, what your limits are. Um, I don't like to fuzzy it up with the other hard limit and soft limit thing because I think it just gets too confusing. Um, but, like, you can do all of this except for these things. I have a couple of hard limits, actually. Um, and most of them tie directly to uh, my disability or the thing that caused my disability. Like, I won't do right play because I was handled very roughly by somebody and I won't I don't want that as part of the special moments that I have with my master because it's not okay um, and the other word is a safe word I go back and forth with the validity of how effective a safe word can be um, a safe word is when either party the dom or the sub decide that they can't do anything anymore and they've agreed upon this word ahead of time and they say this word, and that means everything stops. All play Pineapple. is over. Pineapples, bitch. I don't like it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and a lot of people use, I say not necessarily everything stops, because a lot of people use what they call the red light system. So green means go, 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 go. Yellow means proceed with caution. And red means stop. 
So like a lot of people, like they'll be in a scene and they'll be like, okay, you know, what's your color? And somebody could say yellow. That doesn't mean everything stopped. That means, okay, what you're doing is okay. It's starting to be a little bit intense. I don't know that I can handle it, but let's keep going and just see where this goes. And yellow can also be a check-in that, you know, we need to adjust something. Something's too tight. Something's not working. You've hit in the same place too many times. It can be any of those things. Exactly. And so uh, so a safe word is something that you, you come up with ahead of time and you, you talk about, you know, because, and, and the reason is, is because a lot of people, m- myself included, part of the kind of play that I enjoy doing is I want to be able to say, no, 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 don't do that. And have them keep going. <laughs> right? I, I, I want them to continue. You know, like I'm the person who I want to be like tied down and blindfolded and teased until I'm like a mess and like begging for it and still be told no. I don't want you to hear, I don't want you to listen to the words that I'm saying of no, 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 don't do that or you know, please give it to me, please give it to me, because I want you to deny me when I'm saying please give it to me, and I want you to keep going when I say no. But if I say something like, you know, parliamentarianism, (laughs) or whatever word, (laughs) orangutan, (laughs) orangutan, you know, if we come up with a word like that, (laughs) then that, that, or red. Red is Mm -hmm. an easy one to remember. Red's an easy one. You know, that's something you're not going to say. So usually a safe word is something that you're not going to say often and so I want to be able to say no and have them keep going which is why a safe word is important because and it's really not I, I've, I've heard people say things and it really pisses me off those oh well a safe word just ruins everything and you know a safe word it, it and, I, and I've heard I've heard submissive say things like you know well you know, am I taking control away from the dominant when I use my safe word all it is is a communication all the safe word is, it's not you taking control or ruining anything. It's literally just a communication of, I, uh, I can't handle this, you know, or this is more intense than I expected. Because just because I could handle something yesterday doesn't mean I can handle it today. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have that communication. And, and a perfect example, and the one I always like to use is, you know, there's, there's a few times a year that I, I like kind of like nipple torture things because I developed really early and so my chest key area (laughs) was touched a lot when I was developing and like I mean we're talking like fourth grade and so I'm not really sensitive there so I like really intense sensation there however there are a few times a year that I can't even handle a shirt touching me. Like, it hurts so bad. They they just hurt. And so just because I can handle something intense here doesn't mean a month later I can handle it again. And so I need, and you're not going to know that unless I can tell you. And, you know, I have uh, a, the same, same point of order. Um, like right after I have a panic, I have a very bad PTSD and right after I have a panic attack, a lot of the rougher play that I really do enjoy, I can't do because it is too reminiscent of things that have happened in my life. And it's like, no, no, today is just not going to be one of those days. Sorry. And if you have a decent person who is more interested in you or a decent scene, 
and not just getting off. They're going to understand that you can't do those types of play. That's just the way it is. People respect that. Yeah, it's literally just feedback. It's literally just checking in and saying, this is where I am right now, which is not a, a, a bad thing ever, you know? And the, the, the one word that people say all the time that's super important in any kinky relationship and it gets it gets writ dragged into the ground but unfortunately it's true is communication 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 exactly it's important you know god forbid you actually have to talk to the person that you're with and and check in with them see how they're doing um so yeah so hard limits um the way i describe it is like i say here is here's my yard (laughs) here's the fence you can play in this yard. This is this is where you're allowed to play. Don't go outside the yard. Don't go over there and play with those things. These are the things you're allowed to play with. Things that are on the other side of the fence, you can't you can't touch. So for me, tickling is a hard limit. I don't I I I don't I don't like to get tickled. But now I'm in a really gray area about being a slave that we'll have to get to here in a little bit because reasons. Because that that brings up. The whole, like a T, what's a TPE? A total power exchange. TPE is another term. You know, a lot of people are in what they consider a a total power exchange, which means that for them, it could mean something as simple as the decisions about whether or not those limits are pushed are going to happen or not. Muddy. Yeah. Somebody muddy. else. Yeah. Uh, it gets really muddy from time to time because it's not they they think it's not their decision anymore and they don't have a, a way or a reason to say no. You have to really trust your partner. There's a lot of time and energy that gets thrown into that particular type of relationship. Just jumping into it, uh, they're braver than I would ever be. I love hearing about people that have only been together a couple of weeks and all of a sudden they're in a TPE and he's the master and she's the slave and yeah well you know and I agree I think it's something that does take a lot of time and it does take a lot of trust I I, I would I consider myself like that's my ultimate desire but it takes me a while to get there like so that's where I, I'm wanting to go mm-hmm. like agreed yeah like, I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to drive to Disneyland, but I'm not there yet. It's going to take me a little while to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but eventually, where I really want to be is Disneyland. Right. But what about, if we're, we're getting kind of in some muddy waters. Why don't we try something like submissive? Okay. <laughs> we skipped over those. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, who wants to take that one? I don't know. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Pearl, you up? Yep. She's up. <laughs> I'm up. I've been voluntold again. You have been yes, voluntold. I have been voluntold. Um, okay. So submissive, dominant. Those are usually two sides of the same coin. Correct? You agree on that? I can go with that. Um, um, and what's the switch is the edge of the coin. So there's yeah. like heads and tails and then there's that ridgy section around the edge. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We'll go with okay, that. Cool. Yeah, there you go. That's it. That's there. Actually, I kind of like that. Actually, <laughs> no, a switch is fun because then they get to flip back and forth whichever one they want. 
<laughs> so tell the good people, what is a DOM, what is a sub, and what is a switch? Does that exist? That can't be. That's just somebody like that's bisexual that can't decide what they want, right? Um. <laughs> um. That depends. <laughs> an asshole here. Okay, okay. so here's our, we have, okay, so here we go. Pearl's famous answer. It depends. Actually, submissive and dominant, it, and a switch even, it depends on how you define it. Um, a submissive is whatever you define it as, because a submissive could be anywhere in the spectrum, as that they are a submissive only in the bedroom. They are a submissive 24-7, and anywhere in between. They may be submissive in that they are only a service slave, or a service sub, whatever, whichever term you want to use. Um Dominance can be the same thing. It's how you define it. It is whoever is given the orders, and it depends on what time of day and when and what they've agreed to. And a switch. See, I'm bad with switches because I don't get a switch, but that's me because, well, my switch is only flipped one way. (laughs) I can tackle this one because I've been accused of being one in the past. Um, Okay. A switch can go either way, depending on the scene or the situation or who is involved. Um, I okay, right. so you're going to take this about being a switch, and and and, and I have a, a a take on it too that we'll get into in a minute too. But go ahead. Okay, this will be entertaining. Um, I, I'm going to take being a switch, and I take being a switch very differently because I am more dominant with women than I am with men. That's Rar. just that's just par for the course. As always the way that I've been. Um, and, but I also have this huge dominant personality and I can like, I, I tell him all of the time, the only person I'm truly submissive to is him. I can be kneeling in a room full of dominant men and I will probably be one of the most dominant personalities in there. But I choose to be submissive. And I think that's what defines my submission, is the fact that a lot of it is chosen. Um, however, I do like to switch and play from time to time. Um, I like to be the one causing the sensations. I like bossing people around sometimes. It, it is like never happened in that relationship, in my relationship with, with daddy. But I've had it in the past where I was a I was a dom. I was a dom and I've had my own submissives. In fact, one of my best friends still calls me her mistress after I don't know, five years. And she never wore my collar. That was just the way that we were. So V, what was your what was your idea about switch? Well, I mean I mean I agree that a switch is a person who can Okay, let me get a little further into this. Okay, so we didn't talk about what is a submission, or what is a submissive, and what is a dominant. Um, So generally, the dominant is the person who is in the power exchange dynamic, and another set of terms here, who is the agreed one to uh, make the decisions and the choices and things in, in, in whatever people have decided. So, I mean, and it could be as simple as, you know, choosing what their submissive is going to wear to um, choosing what kind of play they're going to do to, um, 
God, I mean, just chores around the house and, you know, do this and that and whatever. Uh, that's the dominant role. That's the person who is, um, I, I guess, is explicitly in charge. Okay. And then the submissive is the person who is um, explicitly not in charge. Right. And a switch is a person who can swing both ways. They can, depending, like you said, on the relationship, the person, the, the circumstances, what their mood is, they can go either way. Um, so, um, there was there was a period of time where I identified as a switch, but what took me years to realize about myself was that I, I wasn't really dominant. I was effective. I was a good dominant. I also still have people who still consider me their mistress and always will and have asked me to keep doming them. Um, but I, I, I wasn't actually dominant because I wasn't being fed from it like it didn't do anything for me all I was doing was doing what they needed so if somebody needed me to be their dominant then I was going to be their dominant um, so I was just serving their needs I was just being what they needed me to be so I was I it ended up I was being submissive but in a top position and it just took me a long time to understand that about myself um, so I could act dominant, but I really wasn't. I was just doing what they needed me to do. So I was being their submissive on top, if that makes sense. That's interesting because I actually have had a hard time trying to figure out how I was actually playing when I was playing as a dominant. It fed me for a while. But I was always very awkward because I didn't, I didn't feel the need to take charge. Like, what are we going to do? Um... I don't know. You tell me what we're going to do. So through a lot of my dominance, I would tell them, you choose. I don't want to choose right now. You do it. And, <laughs> it, you know, it became sort of a running joke. And I realized that part of it was my desire to want to hand the reins away to somebody. The other part of it was that during play, I enjoyed taking the reins back from time to time. So, two different pieces of myself was being fed in two very different ways until I just, I wore myself out. It was like being rubbed with sandpaper until eventually there was just nothing left on that, on that piece of wood. It was rough. And see, it was draining for me. I could do it and I could do it well, but it, it was draining. I didn't enjoy it or get off on it or, or get fed in any way by, by doing it. You know, I, I, it's almost like going to work, you know, yeah. like, like exactly. if you, yeah, well, yeah, it was, it was it like going to like work. work to me. It, it is. It was just work. But see, submission isn't like that for me because, and I know we're going to talk about our personal journeys into kink and so I don't want to get into it, but it, it is, it feeds me. I'm very submissive in all things um, and in all ways. I mean, I can be dominant, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. And see, I find it interesting because some of the things, <sighs> you can have a dominant personality and because I'm a mom, I have many children and damn straight I ran the house and damn straight that they towed the line and they did what they were told to because I was the mom. But when it comes to my relationships, I am not. 
that's not where I get fed. So I can switch hats, but I don't consider myself a switch because I don't consider that being dominant. I consider that a different role. Mm. That's interesting. Well, I mean, a lot of the, the most submissive women I know have very dominant roles that they have to take in their careers. You know, there are yeah. a lot of people who are submissive, but they are politicians. They are they're teachers. the CEO, the teacher, their <laughs> leaders in, in what they do, their managers. They're, they they have, so it's not that we can't be that. We can we do get that. Crap done. We get crap Let's be yeah. honest. We get crap well, done. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I'm a complete control freak. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I just, I am, um, I, I, so I can do, I do stuff, you know, but I. I find restfulness in being the submissive partner. It's a way to let go of all of the anxiety and control freakiness and know that somebody else cares about me enough to make the decisions that are going to be the best for us during whatever period of time. For me, even when we first got together, it was like, okay, I have I have off time. As soon as the kid goes to bed, I'm off. I don't want to be in charge anymore. You tell me what you can tell me what I'm eating for dinner. You can tell me what we're gonna do. You can tell me what you want me to wear. You can tell me whatever you want. And I will be like, Yep, okay, thank you so much for taking care of me because that that is the fuel especially you know it's funny if you ask me to please get you a cup of coffee or fix you something to eat I feel even more fulfilled because I am taking care of you and that's how you're allowing allowing me to feed myself how you're allowing me to help myself by taking away the thought of should I go fix him something to eat should I worry should I sit what should I be doing right now it I love that so much of that anxiety because all I need to do is just wait and he will tell me what he expects of me and yeah. all I can do is just let go I yeah I love that because that was that was perfect it's peaceful I find peace in it it's very comforting it's like it's like the ultimate comfort food wrapped in your favorite woody awesomeness you know <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it is it is. Um, do we want to try to tackle dominance? Do we want to give the dominant a chance to tackle dominance? Or I, are we going to skip on to something else? It. I don't know. I mean, I think he should tackle it, but God knows I'm not going to tell the dominant what he needs to do. Right? <laughs> <Arr, arr. laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I could that just say that... We're trying to tactfully suggest, sir, that you come I up with something. I just say that um, I'm definitely the person who prefers to give orders than to be uh, taking them. Um, and there's also a lot to it. it, it it's 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 much more than just being in charge. Um, it's being responsible for my submissive. It's being uh, it's making sure that her needs are taken care of and she in turn 
takes care of my needs in her submissive way. Uh, so we have this uh, this sort of symbiosis where we're feeding each other's needs. She needs the control. I need the service, and together we are uh, together. We're kind of a unit in that way. Uh, but yeah, I can't see myself being uh, act- an actual. I can't see myself being on the other side of the slash. No, I just, I don't have the temperament for it. I don't have the patience for it. You're either, I, I, I really kind of think, I know there are people who switch, but, um, I, I just, mm, I, I think you're, you're either kind of temperamentally, you're on one side or the other, and it just takes some time mm-hmm. to figure out which side that is. And there isn't a wrong or a right no. side. I mean, and and being a switch doesn't mean that you're undecided and you can't figure out what you want to do. I, I like how you said it, though, because it is a... For some people, I mean, like, they could say that they're, like, a, an 80-20. So, like, they're 80% submissive and 20% dominant, you know? Yeah. They're still a switch, but... They're they're mostly submissive, so it is. There's like there's like levels, you know, in there. So like, um, you know, I, you know, they might enjoy switching here and there, you know, when when it calls for it. But you know, ultimately, they prefer to be, they prefer to be, you know, submissive or whatever. Right, and I can, I think I can safely say this. There was a moment in time when I believed myself to be a switch. But what I really was is um, sometimes I just, and it's in the eye of the beholder, you could say I like to be, I like to be the, the dominant bottom, or you could say I just like being served and kind of sometimes there are, and you know, there are ways to do scenes where the dom is in control but the dom is not in that active role, that, that mindset, that, that uh, not mindset, but that, that idea that there's a scene going on that the dom is walking around the room and he's got something in his hand and he's telling the sub what to do or he's strapping the sub down to the floor or, you know, there's all this stuff. You know, sometimes the, the dom can just uh, lay back and say, you know, you know, I want you to do this, this, and this for me or to me. And, you know, this is what I want. This is what's going to make me happy. Um, I mean, you know, you can take the classic example, blowjob. <laughs> you can just start there. Um, what, what am I actively doing during that? You know, I might be, you know, I might be doing some things, but mainly I'm just directing mm-hmm. and, right. you know, receiving. Right. <laughs> and we're starting there. Yeah. Because we're just starting <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you broke her. You broke the pearl. Uh, sorry, pearl. Well, you know, I've actually had people. I've had people um, bring that up before. You know, I've had dominants get really pissed off to the idea. Um, you know, that a a, a blow job is a, is a is a passive act for them. They're like, you know, I'm still in control, and I'm like, you know, there's a difference. <laughs> Go for between it. how graphic are we going to get? It's it it's just being passive. Right. I'm try, 
<laughs> you know, just being passive doesn't make you not dominant. Nope. Again, you can still even be the bottom in a scene and still be the dominant. You yes. know? Absolutely. So. All right. So but we're just beginning there. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about a submissive, we've talked about dominance, we've talked about switches, we've talked about tops and bottoms and sales um, and maskers. So the only one I really want to hit is dominance. Can we do that one, please? OMG. That's a lot. <clears throat> I, 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 I would love it. I've actually never heard the term dominance. I am... I, when you described Thank to me you. what it was, I realized I call it something else, but I like your term so much better. I don't I think know. we should totally, um, like, I don't know. What is it? Do you copyright a term or do you <laughs> register it? I don't know. Register but it's trademark. Register trade. Whatever. We're doing okay. it. So we're going to consider this I an oral contract that we own this word. That don't okay, actually <laughs> know what they're doing as doms and they just want to, like, try to do something. They basically they go somewhere and they want to get fucked, or they want somebody to fuck them, and I'll be graphic. Don't worry about it. Be I got this. And <laughs> so um, yeah, there awesome. you go. Cover your ears, Charlie. Cover your sweet darling ears. I got. This. I'll just be in the corner. No, um, so, uh, you know that moment when you walk into somewhere and you have that guy that comes up to you that's full of piss and vinegar, but you know beyond the shadow of a doubt if you uh, get too confident and if you really assert yourself in front of him, he's going to go run to the corner scaring because he doesn't really feel that. I like to play with them. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun to play with them, but I call them dominant. Like D-O-O-M, dominant instead of dominant. Because the, the whole scene is doomed. The relationship is doomed. They don't really know what they're doing. Maybe with some work and some thoughtfulness, they may eventually become a real dominant. But right now, they're just doomed. Um. <laughs> I think that's the best term. I love that. That just that makes me happy. It makes me think of the guy the one time who this. was like, come. I do. Sit with me. Kneel with me. I'm like, why would I do that? <laughs> and he's like, because in your heart, you are submissive and you wish to be controlled. And I'm like, and you think you're the one to do that? <laughs> and and I played with him. It was like, it was so much fun. <laughs> They're so pretty. We're mean little submissives and nobody ever lets us play with anybody but, our, but each other. Like, they're like, no, you can't play with our sweet little girls. <laughs> oh, so right? Mm -hmm. We're so pretty, though. That's another show. Right. <laughs> um, hey, look, changing the subject. Uh, and scene. <laughs> right? Okay. Um, do you want to... Somebody segue us into personal journeys, because I think that... That would kind of finish off our, our show quite nicely. Okay, personal journeys. So, like, what, I thought it'd be good for us to talk about, you know, what started us down this this dark path of, you know, <laughs> I'm suddenly going into Lego Batman and darkness, no parents. Um, what started us down this, this dark path? And <laughs> I'm a nerd, okay? Sorry. <laughs> To, to all our listening people, I'm a nerd. Um, so what started this? Okay, so for me, oh, sorry. I, 
I, I, and I, I, I just wanted, there were things I wanted to do. There were things I wanted to play and how I wanted, and I was like 16 and I was exploring my sexuality and I knew there were things that I wanted to do. I knew I wasn't supposed to talk about these things because they're naughty to talk about, but sex in general was naughty to talk about. So I just kept everything under wraps, but you know, I knew I wanted to be tied down. I wanted to be like, I brought that up earlier, tied down and blindfolded and teased. That was like my first fantasy that I can really stick a, you know, a stick in that I know that was like one of my first ones because I had this, this play partner on and off for years and I'd be like, okay, I want, I want you to do this. And he'd be like, okay. And that was the first one. I want to be tied down, blindfolded, and I want to be teased until I'm begging for it. And I want you to be telling me no. And I was, I knew what I wanted. Um, so as far as into the kinky world, you know, God, that's not even my first, but I mean, I was very sexual as a child and there were a lot of things that I explored and played with when I was very, very young. I mean, my first dildo was a, a candle when I was like probably seven or eight years old, which are really great because once they heat up to your body temperature, they kind of mold to the right shape. It's kind of nice. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I was doing stuff when I was very young. Um, and, and so I've always been a really sexual person, um, but I've always been a submissive. And, it's, and, and, and that's one thing that Daddy always says to me, that it's weaved throughout my, my life like a tapestry. Everything about me is submissive. I, will, I always want to take care of people and serve people and, and take care of their needs. Um, I, I fall over myself. Pearlie was here visiting me with her son, and I, I, I don't even remember what it was, but something like I wanted to feed him breakfast, and she's like, just do it. I told you, she's going to want to do this. She's going to want to serve you. And I was like, oh, is this a thing? Did, did we have to have the talk with him before you got here that, you know, be warned? <laughs> be warned she's a slave, and she's going to want to do everything and follow oh, we herself. Did. But I do. We did. Ha- but I've we had always the talk. been that way. I don't remember a time that I haven't submitted and put other people's needs as more important and and not saying that that's what submission is but that's how I can that's how I'm pinpointing it in my life I always wanted to take care of other people I always wanted to take care of what they had to have done that's just what I enjoy doing and I can't remember a time that I wasn't that way and so being a submissive is just part of my life I just didn't know there was a term for it until I was older like, I didn't know that I was kinky or into BDSM when I was 16. I just knew I wanted to play that way. It wasn't until years later I heard these terms, these words, um, uh, you know, and eventually there were other words that I learned in the the kinky community that I, I kind of glomped onto. Like, I'm a baby girl type, you know, and, and we're going to get into baby girls and age play and little and things in another in another podcast down the road here. Because um, it is something that I'm super passionate about, and and I know that the others are involved with as well in different ways. We're all three different the way we are. We're all three baby girls, but we're all different. So we're going to talk about that in another time. But I'm a baby girl. I'm a submissive. I also consider myself a slave. And for me, what that means when I talked about earlier about you have this yard that you can play in. These are the limits. For me, as a, the only thing that makes it makes me a slave as opposed to quote unquote just a submissive 
is that I've, I've talked about those limits with my, with my master and said, okay, these are the things I'm scared of and I'm squicked by and I'm grossed out by and I'm nervous about or I'm fearful of or phobic about, whatever. However, I really, really hate them, but if you feel for some reason that it's edifying to me or beneficial to our relationship for you to do those things, I trust you to make that decision for me. But I know that he won't ever go there. He respects me too much. Like, he knows that tickling, I'm, I have a phobic reaction to being tickled. I, I get violent if I get tickled. I will, I lash out and punch and, and I'll do anything I can to hurt the person who's tickling me. And so he respects that. He, he won't ever tickle me because he respects me too much to do that. Just because he has the power, you know, it's Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. Just because he has the ability to cross that line, because I've said you can if you really need to, he never will. And that's, to me, what makes a great master. That they don't, you know, phenomenal cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. You know, they, they, they master themselves before they can master you. So that's, you know, my personal... I guess journey into kink. That's me. Go. Okay, Pearl. I have a really different <laughs> journey. Um, nothing quite as exciting as V. <laughs> um, I started off reading romance novels in high school. That was my big, and I always liked the one where you know the guy takes the girl and kidnaps her, and yeah. So. Then I got married and had kids, and that fell apart. And it wasn't until I was in my, actually, when I turned 30, that I had a wild child. Um, I got divorced and suddenly was able to go explore things and found out there was this entire world that I had no idea about. Um, until I met a guy that was like, oh, we should go do this. And I went, okay. Let's go do that. And I liked it a lot. So I started reading and exploring and just kind of fell into it and have slowly, I, labels drive me crazy. I know the whole labels are aware to share meaning with those that you want to share meaning with thing, but um, I'm a human being, and I happen to have some desires and things that only are met through certain activities, and that's kind of how I leave it. Um, the general broad terms are I'm probably submissive. Most of the time, I tend to be a mom, and I tend to mother people. Go figure. Um, <laughs> I have a lot of children, so that's not unusual. Um, and I don't know, over the years I've, um, found different play partners and people that I've, um, submitted to that I've learned a lot about myself, but I know I'm still learning a lot. So I'm, that's kind of where I'm at right now is I'm just kind of still exploring and still learning and I hope to continue to do it because I'm really old and I know that it's going to hopefully happen for a lot longer. I'm next, right? <laughs> um, okay, so 
the best for last. No, we're going to make Daddy do it, right? Yep. So he can start the best for last. Yeah. Well, then we are saving the best for last. Okay, so you uh, you have to pump up the Dom's like egos because they're really fragile. Okay. So (laughs) just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Omg. Uh, Anyway. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Did he know what he signed on for? I mean, really. Just ask. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what's funny? Looking back, I didn't have a defining moment. I knew from very young that I was really interested in things that most children my age weren't interested in. Um, I have stories. I have stories that could curl people's hair uh, about all of the things that happened when I was a young girl, but I, I was always very interested in exploring my body and the human body and what it looked like and what it felt like. And I wanted to know, I was very curious and, um, I lost my virginity at a really young age. Um, startlingly young, you know, for most people, but that boyfriend, I kind of consider him my first, my first master because he was very demanding. He was very, this is what he wanted and this is the way that he wanted it and this is when he wanted it and that was just it. And his family was very traditional. That happens, you know, where I'm from. And they expected me to, to fix his plate and to serve him food and to help cook in the kitchen and all of these things that my family, of course, had already taught me anyway because my family is traditional as well. And that was just the way things were. In, in my life. Um, what surprised me a lot is when I joined, we, the three of us met on Second Life. And I joined Second Life and I, I joined Second Life for a lot of different reasons and none of them were any good, but I ended up staying because I liked it. And I didn't gravitate it to any which way, um, really, but they, these startlingly dominant people kept paying attention to me. And I always had that big, bold, brassy personality that kind of just, when I walked into the room, people looked at me. They wanted to talk to me. They wanted to be my friend. They wanted to find out what I was doing. I didn't go anywhere without my squad of like six or eight people. And we did everything together and we were always having a good time and I was the leader of the pack. So that's what I kind of expected is that I was going to take the lead in a lot of my situations. That wasn't the case. I was a dominant for a while and it it wore me out. Um, One of our friends coined the term kink vending machine. Whereas, you know, you, you, you tap on a window, well, an I am window, and you automatically expect whomever it is on the other side to start handing out kink instead of being a person. And that's what what being a, a dominant felt like to me. That's what I expected as a dominant, was that there wasn't a whole lot of return on any time or energy I put in. Nobody nobody wanted to be in my collar. Nobody wanted me to own them. But they wanted me to play with them and to pay attention to them and most of all to take care of them. And I met this one Dom who just 
there was just something about him and we we struck up a conversation and first a friendship because he was going to teach me things teach me hypnosis and I just I fell flat out for this guy and he told me you know what I think you might be a submissive I'm not going to impose anything on you but I'd like you to think about it from your thought processes from your personality and you know I'm a thoughtful person so I I did think about it and as it turns out he was pretty much correct most of the things that have been ingrained in my personality since I was a very young person was I could have the bold and brassy personality but I was taught to take care of everyone around me I was taught to be of service I was taught to be pleasing and all of those things fed me in a way that was absolutely what I needed that's why I chose my my chosen career path is because I was taking care of people um, and that's why I, I enjoy being a mom. That's why I enjoy being a mom is because it's fabulous. I get to take care of people and I get to take care of daddy most of all because he, he needs people. He needs somebody to be interested in him. That's the thing that he tells me all over the time. What do you need? I want you to listen to what's going on in my head. I want you to hear about my day and it doesn't matter if I'm, if I can understand what he's talking about or not, if I can smile and nod and listen and maybe even cough up a few words or a decent question, he knows I'm paying attention. He knows that I care. And the fact that that feeds him feeds me. And that lets me know that I've found my place in this whole big pile of stuff. And I think that's it for me because now I've embarrassed myself. <laughs> mm, I think that was awesome. Thank you. I don't think so that's embarrassing at Sir? Poke, poke, poke. You're so masculine and wonderful. We'd love to hear from you. Well. <laughs> Oh, jeez, I was going to go with the speak. <laughs> Woof. Yeah, Pearl is the quietest and brattiest. Who, me? <laughs> blink, blink, blinkity, blink, blink, blink. <laughs> Who, me? No way. I am, I'm quite sure that I'm the late bloomer of the bunch. I didn't really stumble into this until I was... In my 30s, I'd led a very, um, I didn't have a particularly conservative upbringing, uh, but I, my upbringing was not particularly, uh, what's the right way to say it? Um, uh, my, my horizons were not very vast when I was younger. Um, I knew that I was, you know, supposed to get out of high school and go on to college and take, take classes and graduate and get a job and find, uh, you know, find a spouse and get married and do the usual thing, the two and a half kids in the picket fence and all that. Um, and I really, um, in some ways, um, what I found is I had a growing dissatisfaction 
in my life, in my experiences, uh, in my sexual experiences. And I think there was a time when you could have just called me a kinkster or a hedonist, and that would have been a sufficient label. And But as time went on, I, I, I knew that I wanted to... I learned that I wanted to do particular things in a particular way. And step by step, I went from kinkster to, to dominant. Um, it's, uh, and, and like I say, it, it's not something, you know, I, it's not something I knew from the time I was, you know, before I even hit puberty, this is something that I came to much labor later. And I had to actually learn things like, it's okay to hit somebody with a flogger. Uh, it's okay to um, put someone on their knees. Because I had grown up during a time when, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, when we had the first big push for 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 women's equality or maybe that's actually the second big push for women's equality um and it um so my upbringing and also my my parents split and i was mostly raised by my mom and between those two things i had a a a highly developed respect for women and you know i I was like, well, this is wrong for me to, for me to say someone is, you know, uh, under me or beneath me or for me to, to do these things. And I was taught by a couple of people in my life along the way, step by step that no, it is okay that it's all consensual. I mean, and we'll get around to consent in a show, I'm sure, um, uh, that consent was a big part of it, that it actually brought pleasure to the other person in the, in the, what I didn't even know then was a scene, you know, what's the other person in the scene is enjoying it just as much as you are for different reasons, but there you go. So uh, I, um, I, I guess by bits and pieces, I grew into being a dominant uh, and I'm really comfortable as a dominant. As I said earlier, I'm, I do not have a, I really have a, I'm, I'm not good at taking orders. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, in my professional life, of course, I, I do plenty of things that the boss tells me to do. And that's a little different. That's kind of a corporate hierarchy doesn't really bother me. But, um, when it comes to other things, I'm, I'm very self-possessed and I want things my way, um, you know, in my house and how I arrange my stuff and so forth. So it's, it fits my personality quite well, you know, the more I look back and think about it. Um, but that's, you know, without getting into too much of the gory details, that's how I came to be here where I am now. And, um, I, I want to say it was what almost f- probably five years ago that I first met uh, Angel on Second Life 
Maybe closer to six. And we became friends, and we probably closer to six now. Yeah, you're right. Um, and we became friends, and we were friends for a very long time. And there were a couple of, you know, episodes that were very frustrating to her because different things in my life caused me to kind of back away from S from, from second life to back away from a lot of things, really not just in second life, but in real life as well. Um, and eventually I found my way back more or less full time. And, um, it was not quite two and a half years ago that I decided I was going to start visiting my second life friends, the ones who were amenable to it, that I'd start visiting my second life friends in real life and going out traveling because I, at that point, my, uh, my, uh, my split up with my ex was final and my kids were off doing their own things. So I had the freedom to do it. And it's just sort of the funny twist of fate or luck or what have you that the first person I met was Angel. And, um, <laughs> After the first time meeting her, on the date uh, that lasted going back eight hours, and going back and going back, and <laughs> here we are. Like I said, <laughs> more like twelve. But <laughs> you guys are so freaking cute. I just gotta tell you. But <laughs> I love hearing him get all giggly. You know, it's so cute. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you a secret. I wanted to be quiet for as long as I could just so I could keep hearing him talk about it because it's it's not often that he opens his mouth and words come out like that. <laughs> so I was like, ooh, I want to hear what he's got to say. And now I'm all blushy and giggly and OMG. It's so cute. Okay, keep talking. <laughs> and I love listening to Sorry. you too. Yeah, so I mean, I was just going to say we are uh, one of those, I guess you could say we're one of those second life success stories because, you know, um, two and a half years later, oh, not quite, but close, um, here we are uh, still together and making plans and moving forward. And, uh, you know, the knock on wood, this is going to be a, you know, a very, very long and successful Forever, relationship. Oh. <laughs> Aren't they cute? Happily ever after. Right? We're ador- We're like gag me with a spoon adorable. Okay. I know. And you're right. That- I-, I haven't ever heard him open up and talk like that before. And it was all very squishy and smushy. And I loved every second of it. So thank you, He's Uncle the- Owen, for sharing all that. That was awesome. He's the romantic of the two of us. So cute. It's adorable. Um, did we cover everything that we wanted to cover? Are we wrapping up? I think so. I think we do. I think we can. Um, I think we. I think we did pretty good. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us. And if you have any questions, you can always contact us at v at kinkypeas.com, pearl at kinkypeas.com, or angel at kinkypeas.com. We're also on Twitter at Kinky Peas and um, Owen at Kinky Peas. Yes, so we got the last one in there. And um, we are always open to questions, comments, compliments, 
or anything else that you'd like to toss our way if you have a suggestion or would like to throw ideas at us as to what it is that you would like us to talk about. Like that, Angel. Perfect. You were perfect. I'm going to be you for a moment here. You were perfect. And scene. <laughs>